Hello, Muppet fans, and welcome to Moving Right Along, a Muppet movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. This is the podcast where we watch The Great Muppet Caper two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Ryan Rowe. I'm your other host, Anthony Strand. And uh, we're very excited today to have our guest back with us from last week and from another hemisphere and from another Muppet fan website. Introduce yourself, please, guest. Hello, I'm Jared Fairclough from MuppetMindset.com. Thank you very much for joining us again. Thank, thank you for having me back. I had so much fun last time, I thought I'd come back. Oh, good. It's almost like we recorded these back-to-back. You came, I was going to say, you came all the way back to our studio from Australia. I did. We are all in the same studio, a studio that encompasses New York City, St. Paul, Minnesota, and... Melbourne, I don't Australia. know where... And Melbourne, Australia. There you go. Um, yeah, so it's called Planet Earth. Amazing. That's what studio we're in. Spinning yeah. around together on a planet of the sun. Wrong franchise. <laughs> not talking about that franchise, Ryan. Okay. <laughs> You're right. We're not talking about that franchise. We're talking about minutes 71 and 72 of The Great Muppet Caper, in which Miss Piggy dives into a pool and gets framed for stealing Lady Holiday's necklace. Uh, so we're starting at uh, the beginning of this clip, picking up from... Last week, where Miss Piggy was about to dive into the the swimming pool, um, there's a switch from what we thought was either the Piggy puppet or possibly an animatronic to a diver wearing a Piggy costume. It's a very impressive dive, but it is also a very um, obvious switch to a real human wearing a costume rather than a, a puppet. Well, it's mostly the weird nostril holes, I feel like. Yeah. Like, she has, like, visible holes to breathe through in Piggy's nostrils, which Piggy does not have, like, black holes in her nose normally, and she does here. I, yeah, that's true. Piggy just, her, her nostrils are just sort of, like, dimples or indentations. Yeah. So it's very, very noticeable for that reason, mostly, I feel. Yeah. It's funny, it's funny you say that, though. I actually thought to myself watching it like yes okay the nostrils a bit off but everything else looks really good and you look at the like walk around characters they had at like the disney parks in the early 90s and they did not look anywhere near this good so i think this full body costume is proof that actual decent looking walk around characters could exist if they wanted to well and this diver seems to be like I don't know about, like, a little person, but I think so. Like, a, at least very short. Like, well, the walk-around characters, somewhere. I feel like, are six feet tall, you know, most of the that's, time. That's true. They did say somewhere um, that it was either for a short actor or for a child actor. I remember reading that somewhere. Yeah, like, I think that's what helps, is that Piggy doesn't seem to have grown two feet. Right. Yeah. Yeah, she's more, it, it seems more, like, in proportion to the real Piggy, somehow. Right. This is a pretty... I feel like this stunt, they probably wouldn't have a child actor do. This This would have to, Diving off of this thing would have to be uh, an experienced diver. Yeah, although, of course, we do not see her land. That's true. We don't actually know how, like, how high like up she it was. Di- right, she dives out of frame, so like she could have fallen onto a mat or something. Yeah. We, we have no idea. Yeah, it's true. So then, on the splash, I love this effect where it just there's this abrupt cut to the audience at Lady Holiday's fashion show and we see that none of that just really happened. In reality, Miss Piggy apparently just fell in the fountain. I guess all of this happened in the split second 
of Miss Piggy stepping off the stage into the fountain. Yeah. Like, I'm well, sh- and I like that she's a puppet again. Like, we kind of know that we're back in reality because Piggy's a puppet again. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know? she's soaking wet and she looks really kind of pitiful with her hair all like in her face and everything. But it is, yes, we're back to our Piggy puppet. I'm always so impressed seeing a puppet that's like in water, not like underwater, like, you know, last week, but sitting like sort of half in, half out of water. Hmm. I don't know why, but every time you've seen it, whether it's Kermit or whoever, it's always looked really impressive to me. Just as opposed to... As opposed to, like, you know, the way they sort of do it, you know, I've, I've sort of seen some behind the scenes of how they've done these things in the past, and... You know, I, re- I remember looking at this sort of thing when I was younger, thinking, you know, is Frank underwater and how is he f- puppeteering and oh, right. working? But, no, he's like, there's almost like a, you know, there's a hole in this fountain that's got like a rubber glove attached to it's it. It's like a... He's underneath and sort yeah, of okay. performing like that. And I just think it always looks really good. Yeah. Hmm. Now that you say that, is, do you know if that's how they did... Um... Red Fraggle swimming around in the the Fraggle Pond? I would assume so, yes. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's cool. They're so good at figuring out how to do these things. They are. It's almost like they're masters of their art. <laughs> almost. Almost. Yeah, well, there was somebody on the... Um, I, I want to say maybe it was Warwick Brownlow Pike in an interview about Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Said something about how puppets can't... The thing about puppets is that they can't do anything, and we need them to do everything. <laughs> right. It's their job to convince us that they can do anything. Yeah. And so it's it's amazing yeah. how they do. And, you know, like, equally amazing on this project and that one, which is saying something, because they're tonally very, very different. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And yet it's kind of the same, what is it? I, I guess just the legacy or, like, the 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 craft and the discipline that's been passed on by generations of people. I don't I don't know if there's anyone who worked on well actually there is Louise Gold. Well there is Louise Gold, yeah. One. She's the one. Yeah, maybe some puppet yeah. builders too. Like just yeah, passing on this knowledge and expertise from one generation of, of artists to the next on these Muppet and Henson related projects. Very impressive. Right. For sure. Um so Kermit asks Piggy if she's okay. She says she was just looking for her contact lens. Now I can think of one example of Piggy wearing glasses, which uh, was on the Garth Brooks episode of Muppets Tonight when she's trying to read cue cards. So I guess there is uh, evidence that Piggy sometimes wears glasses. So Yeah, but I mean, I've, on Muppets Tonight, I feel like the joke is that she's getting old, so she needs cheaters, right? Oh, like, maybe. Those are just the reading glasses? Yeah, because she puts them on to read cue cards. Yeah. I don't know. Has there been like a magazine cover or a calendar page or something where she was wearing glasses? I'm, I'm, oh. My theory here is that maybe almost every time we see Piggy, she's wearing contacts. Well, if I could jump in there, I once made an article just, I was bored. I'd had a little bit to drink, I won't lie, where it was just <laughs> Muppets wearing glasses. And I just photoshopped Muppets wearing glasses. And I did one <laughs> with Piggy and it looked quite good. And I have seen that photo since on other websites. So, oh, the one that you made? The one that I made. I have seen oh, on wow. the websites. So people have found it, saved it, put it somewhere, and now, you know, this photo is actually out there. So wow. if you see Piggy wearing glasses, there's every chance I did that photo. <laughs> what a weird internet. 
Yeah, the internet is weird. So, uh, meanwhile, backstage, Nikki uh, sticks Lady Holiday's diamond necklace into the pocket of Piggy's coat and then runs on stage to bring it to her. And that is when Piggy absentmindedly puts her hand in the pocket of the coat and finds the diamond necklace without the diamonds. She says, I don't think this belongs to me. And if you just think, if if only she hadn't had the urge to pull that out of her pocket, or if she even hadn't put her hand in her pocket at that minute, none of the rest of the movie would have had to happen. She wouldn't have gotten sent to jail. She, you know, everything would have been fine for her. Right. Although, frankly, I'm a little disappointed that, um, like, everyone there, because everyone just saw her in the fashion show. Right. She wasn't wearing her coat. No. Like, Nikki Holiday just brought her her coat. It's like, why would everyone assume that she did it? Because yeah. a, well, someone put her coat on her. You know what I mean? Like, And considering Nikki seems to have a reputation. Right, and even Lady as, Holiday as says... Being a like, little bit of a sleazeball. Right, Lady Holiday says Miss Piggy stole my jewels. Even though she earlier on says... I wouldn't put it past my brother to steal my f- most fabulous and expensive jewel, the baseball diamond or whatever. So, like, why wouldn't she right. suspect Nikki? I feel like she should, really, except it's just plot reasons. Right. You know? Well, of course, they have to, yeah, they have to get Miss Piggy in, in trouble. Exactly. But I, I do like that Miss Piggy catches on right away. She immediately says, you know, it was you, you did it. And, you know, he's he does his no, 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 but. Which, um, by the way, f- for years, if you mention Charles Grodin, still probably, my brother Christopher will go, no, 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 no. It's like, that's what he thinks of as Charles Grodin, <laughs> right, is I that particular moment. Last week's episode, I mentioned this in last week's episode, but he is hamming it up something chronic in this film. Oh, oh yeah. man. And even more so in this scene, like that, oh, yeah. Piggy, how could you? Right, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I wrote that down too. How could you? So good. Yeah, he's, he's oh, having man. fun. If I could talk about Piggy putting her coat on before, it's just one of those things that you notice when you have to watch the same two minutes, you know, a good ten times, you know, in preparation for the podcast. But I noticed at one point when she puts her coat on, Piggy's almost got three arms because her right arm sort of, you can see whoever's puppeteering the right arm has to sort of move the arm weirdly so that it disappears from view, while um, Lady Holiday puts the coat on her that has another arm already inside the pocket. Oh. Yeah, just I a didn't... weird... You'd have to go back and look at it, but just that weird little bit of, um, you know, puppetry. Obviously, it's a little dance between whoever's doing the puppeteering of the right arm and um, Diana Rigg. Just yeah. that little, they obviously have to rehearse it just so it looks like Piggy's got her hand inside the pocket. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I hadn't thought about that. But obviously, she has an arm wire, I guess. So the the Piggy puppet can't actually pull her hand through the sleeve like a yeah. person could. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's a really good observation. I didn't even notice that. It's good. It just goes to show how sad I am. That that's the no. That's that's great. Hey, that's what we're doing here. That's the point of this podcast. Yeah, Piggy has three arms. Wow. Like if if there's one place where that skill will be useful, here it is, man. Yeah, I'm home. Uh, 
<laughs> right. Speaking of that scene, though, before that, before before Nikki brings her the coat, Lady Holiday is like dabbing Piggy with a handkerchief, which does not seem very helpful if she's soaking wet. <laughs> you know, she's soaking wet. It's not like she spilled on you herself or something. It. The thing is, I've just looked at that clip then, and she's not even dabbing her with it. She's more just sort of almost smacking her with it. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. not useful. It's it's no, not. She's no, not no. being <laughs> very good help. <laughs> well, maybe she's just concerned with the appearance of being helpful in front of the crowd. Yeah, that's probable. Yeah. <clears throat> so, then we have one of the f- most famous jokes in this movie. As uh, Piggy is dragged away, because everyone thinks she stole the necklace, she shouts to Nikki, You're a phony! You know what? You can't even sing. Your voice was dubbed. It's a great joke. And it leads to the question, well, two questions, I guess. Was Charles Grodin's voice actually dubbed in that song? And if so, who dubbed his voice? Because we don't know, right? Like, nobody knows. We don't know. I did a deep dive on the internet trying to find the answer on that uh, this morning. Uh-huh. And it sent me back to Tough Peaks because back in, I think, 2016, uh, Matt Soberman, I think, might have done um, an article making just wild guesses as to who he thinks yeah. it is. That was, yeah, that, that was mostly a, a comedy article, I would oh, say, because his absolutely. his wild guesses included himself. Himself so. and Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> but his Although, first answer was Richard Hunt. And going right. and yeah. to it, I can hear Richard Hunt in there. I have heard people suggest that. I think I feel like that's one of the most frequently suggested possibilities. Um, it's possible. Obviously, he worked on. I feel movie, like, but, but we, we would know. Like it would sound like Placido Flamingo. It would sound like Wayne. That's you know? it exactly. We know what Richard Hunt's operatic tenor sounds like, and it's not quite that. Right. So, yeah, I, I actually have even asked um, Karen Falk, the archivist at the Jim Henson Company, if there are any kind of records that would lead us to an answer, and she hasn't been able to find anything. So That is wild. Um, yeah. it's And so Charles Grodin, though, um, a few years ago, he was on a podcast called The Critic Show with Scott Murray. Uh, you can actually find that interview on YouTube. I'll post a link in the show notes. And in the interview, Scott Murray asks him about this, and Charles Grodin says, I've been asked that. I don't actually remember, but I can tell you that is my voice. <laughs> so, still inconclusive, because he says he doesn't remember, but it's his voice. So, even, I don't know, I, I don't, even if he said it was his voice, I don't know that we can trust Charles Grodin to give a straight answer, first of all. And also, how would he even know if, if they dubbed his voice after he was finished filming his part? I mean, I mean, he would know if he watched the movie, but I'm not sure. I don't know that I think Charles Grodin has ever seen this movie. That's the thing, yes. He, he so, doesn't seem like the type to go back and watch his own work at all, frankly, no. if I, you know. Right. So, um, yeah, I would say still inconclusive. I yeah. think the answer is Jeff Goldblum. Okay, so for you now, think it's we'll just, yeah, we'll just reckon, say it's Jeff Goldblum. We, I reckon we start that rumor that it's Jeff Goldblum. Posted on the trivia of IMDb? Yeah. I thought we weren't talking about Sesame Street, Jared, and Jeff Goldblum is Bob's brother, Minneapolis Johnson, last time I checked. 
Damn it, you're right. <laughs> last, when was the last time you checked? Uh, I think about Minneapolis Johnson daily. So oh, good. Uh, it's yeah, on the 50th if, anniversary DVD. Go on. It's sorry. true. Everyone should go out and buy the 50th anniversary DVD of a franchise that we are not talking about for some no, reason. But which, but that has some of these same guys in it. It's true. True, and mm-hmm. and we've already spoken about Fraggle Rock at one point during this. Yeah, that's true. true. And and the and the Dark Crystal. So and we're just kind of all over the place today. All right, I'm just. Gonna Have we talked word. about I'm the gonna... ghost of Fafner Hall yet? No. I'm gonna. I was just gonna say the word labyrinth just to get it in there. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. The, there we go. We got the big six: Muppet Show, Sesame, Fraggle Rock, Dark Crystal, Labyrinth, and the Ghost of Fafner Hall. <laughs> Those are the ones. <laughs> I can't wait till you guys do your uh, podcast on the Ghost of Fafner Hall two minutes at a time. Oh man, that's gonna. I love that. <laughs> love that wild impresario. All right. <laughs> you know, I would. I don't know if I would do a podcast about it, but I wouldn't mind reviewing that show if I could actually see it anywhere. Maybe it'll be on HBO Max, my guy. Ooh, yeah. I should write them a letter and ask. Yeah. Please Uh, pull it out of the vault. Yes. Anyway, if anyone out there listening knows or knows anyone who might know or thinks they know or has, like, an old recording studio sign-in sheet from this movie in their attic somewhere and can tell us who dubbed Charles Grodin's voice, please let us know. Or if it was you, oh. especially if it was you, let us know. Oh, and also, can I backtrack and say another thing that's not at all important, but that I realize we might get comments about? Yes. We talked about, you mentioned Louise Gold working on this movie and Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Right. Dave Goals also worked on Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Oh, yeah. So that's two. Yeah. Two, yeah, two performers, and like I say, there. I feel like there must be a costume designer or a puppet builder or something who worked on both. Yeah, would not surprise me. So then, a reporter asks Lady Holiday if she will be hiring any more pigs, and she says, "Well, I shall certainly think twice about it," which is another great joke. But it's also species profiling, not cool, it's true. Lady and Holiday. News- I was gonna say it's almost a little bit racist. Yeah, I guess so. I hadn't actually thought think, about it that way. Like you think all pigs are thieves? <laughs> but right, yeah, I was going to say it's bad news if Annie Sue or Link wants to apply for a job at the Lady Holiday organization. Yeah, or Andy and Randy Pig. <laughs> when is the uh, 40th anniversary of this film? Because can we get like a like a short video of all the pigs going and applying for jobs like we can get uh, <laughs> that'd be funny all the pigs go um, going oh i'm not sure i have to think twice about it yeah <laughs> i'd watch it um two years from now t- 2021 will be the 40th anniversary all right i'm gonna send a quick email to kirk thatcher and i'll be with you in a moment do it all right sounds good uh now as these minutes end lady holiday is telling the reporters about her plans for the fabulous baseball diamond but the specifics of that will have to wait until next week. What I love so, about this podcast is that because you are literally doing this two minutes at a time, you are cutting things off mid-word, which I really appreciate. Yep. Like, yeah. yeah. We got it. She says, sorry, uh, I think she says the word baseball, but she only says book and doesn't finish it. And I appreciate that. Sure. Right. Yeah. We, we got to be sticklers. We got to stick with the two minutes, or it's or there's no concept. That's great. I yeah, just, just want to know where the base butt is going. 
Yeah, that and see the, the great thing is that joke is always funny to be like, Lady Holiday says her fabulous base, but, but we don't know what base what we're gonna have to wait until next week to find out what's the fabulous base. <laughs> right, always funny. So, uh, any final thoughts about these minutes, starting with Jared? Uh, there's one bit where Piggy's getting dragged away uh, by the police, where she yells out, you know, find out if they'll let me keep the costumes. That's so good. That's oh, what yeah. I was going to say, too. I love that. That's such a great line, but also yeah. exactly who Piggy is. Like, she's getting dragged away, but she's still thinking, but but do I get to keep them? Like, just, just find out for me. Like, that's what's on her mind as she's getting dragged to prison after she's been framed for this, you know, multi-million dollar <laughs> theft. Yeah. I just thought that was very, very funny. Yeah, priorities. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, Anthony, did you have anything else? No, actually, that was the only thing in my notes that I hadn't hadn't brought up yet. So, all right. No, I'm sorry, I stepped on it. No, that's okay. It's still great. Good, because I'm not sorry. It just proves how great it is. <laughs> you know. There you go. And uh, Jared, we like to ask our guests, "What is your history with this movie? Do you remember the first time you saw it? How do you rank it among all the Muppet movies? I'm sure you've given this a lot of thought." So, I vaguely remember watching this film. I got really into the Muppets when uh, Muppet Treasure Island came out. And I was about six or seven. And I went and saw it at the cinema. And after that, my mum just got me all the, you know, I got the Muppet movie. I got Muppets Tate Manhattan. This one I didn't get, though. This sort of came a little bit later than the others. And so I think the first time I watched it, I might have been about 12. And I remember watching it going... You know, that uh, opening number is really, really catchy. Hmm. I'm being really impressed by the hot air balloon scene at the start. But watching this movie these days, like, I love it. It'll be one of, you know, it'd certainly be within the top maybe four of all the Muppet movies. But the one thing I don't love about this film, aside from Hey, A Movie, is the soundtrack. You know, I don't... I also wonder if that's because the soundtrack was never officially released. You know, a lot of these songs, I don't... Like, I could not sing you um, stepping out with the stuff. Well, do you mean in Australia? Because here the soundtrack came out on vinyl and CD. Okay. Oh, maybe then it's just Australia. We never got it. Um, oh, wow. Because yeah, so I was going to say, I, I I have the vinyl sitting upstairs. Okay, so well, I know that go. one. Yeah. So, we, okay. Well, we didn't get it in Australia, and I've never thought to look for it online, I guess. Um yeah, so I think while the movie I, I love, the soundtrack is probably down the bottom of uh, sort of my list of favorite Muppet soundtracks. Interesting. How, how do you feel about the Happiness Hotel song? That seems Happiness, to be a favorite. Okay, so the two, we had a uh, sort of best of the Muppets CD come out when I was about 15. And it had on there like 18 Muppet Show songs and then like seven Muppet movie songs. And the two on there were Hey, A Movie and Happiness Hotel. And those I really love. But okay. like I said, like I couldn't sing any of um, Stepping Out With A Star or any of the other songs to you. I get that because a lot of these songs, this one, Piggy's Fantasy, Couldn't We Ride, Stepping Out With A Star, uh, First Time It Happens, all sound very similar in certain like, – and, the, and they all have that like 1930s – a Stair and Rogers musical yeah, sound the old to them. Hollywood thing. Yeah. And then the two that you mentioned, Hey a Movie and Happiness Hotel, are the ones that sound like something from the Muppet Show. Like it's 
very easy to imagine Happiness Hotel as an opening number right. on the Muppet Show. And I, also you know, and I don't think that's true of some of these other ones. So, I also wonder if because Piggy's Fantasy and Never Before, Never Again from the Muppet movie, they're basically the same joke. Like, it's Piggy having a fantasy about, you know, this guy she's in love with or, you know, how great life could be with this person. So I think, you know, I almost watch Piggy's fantasy and think, well, all right, we've done this joke before. Like, let's move on. Yes, it's very well done. Yes, it's incredibly well shot. And yes, it is an entertaining scene. But we've seen it. Let's move on. Like, we've done this before. Right, well, and I think it's like, we talked about this with Couldn't We Ride? where they go from Kermit riding a bike in the Muppet movie to 16 Muppets riding bikes in this movie. And this is very similar, I think, where Never Before, Never Again is an elaborate fantasy, but it's just a series of, you know, pretty regular, basic Muppety shots of Kermit and Piggy, you know, in, in the grass or whatever. Whereas this one, it's Piggy's fantasy, and it's this huge underwater ballet, crazy puppet tricks. It's the, I mean, so much of this movie is... Hey, remember that last one? Here it is, but bigger. You yeah, know? it's right. all, they're very much trying to top themselves. Yes. And then in the third one, they're just kind of like, uh, what if we're babies? Sure, who cares? That's Piggy's fantasy this time. Whatever. <laughs> and I love that movie a lot. But I've never put that together. She does, and then... No, I was just, and then I was just sitting here pondering that. Oh, and then um, she does it again in Muppets Most Wanted, Something So Right. Right? She fantasizes right. about her and Kermit growing old together. So, yeah, Piggy's, huh. Piggy's fantasies. And, uh, like, I, I always thought in the original trilogy that that was an intentional thing. That that's just, like, part of the formula. But yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Say that, I don't know. I feel like maybe yeah. it was. But I've just never put them together. Sure. Everyone has Sesame Street yeah. cameo and Piggy having a fantasy. The first three. Stop mentioning Sesame Street. <laughs> They're in the movies, Jared. Oscar the Grouch is in this. It's a. Uh, I was gonna say it's a good thing we didn't give you the minutes with Oscar the Grouch. I know. <laughs> but it was nice to pop in for a very brief cameo. Aha! Ah! Waka waka. That's Oscar's catchphrase. So. Waka waka. <laughs> <laughs> with that, we will wrap things up. Listeners, please check out toughpigs.com on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, and various other places. And uh, feel free to uh, comment on this this episode post on Facebook or Twitter or our Tough Pigs forum. Uh, tell us what you thought about the episode. Um, tell us what you think, of, who you think uh, dubbed Charles Grodin's voice. We want to hear your theories. And um, you can find me on Twitter at me Ryan Rowe and Anthony on Twitter at Zeppo Marxist. And Jared, tell people where they can find you and your work on the internet. You can find me at MuppetMindset.com. Twitter is Twitter.com slash MuppetMindset. Facebook is Facebook.com slash MuppetMindset. Basically type in MuppetMindset and you'll find me. And everyone should go look at all those things after they've read Tough Picks. Yeah! Yeah. (laughs) So... Oh, I didn't expect agreement from both of you. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. I usually read tough <laughs> things before I read Muffin Mindset, too. <laughs> well, that's no fun. So, uh, yes, and uh, please give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you can review podcasts and tell all your friends about the show. And join us again next week for another episode of Moving Right Along. We will see you then. You can't even sing. Your voice is dubbed. <laughs>